All right, back in here on the fan. Miles Simmons, ProFootballTalk.com, going to join us coming up in a second. I need to ask him about hobbies before we get into anything. We'll talk about the Browns, but on his bio, it says, I have no life other than I love football. I used to be that way. But then all of a sudden, I was like, you know, hobbies are a good thing in life. They're mentally good for you. They're just good all around. That's why golf is so great for me. Golf is a great hobby for me. It's frustrating as hell, but it's a great hobby for me. You know, you got you to gotta throw hobbies in there. Doesn't matter what the hobby is, get a hobby. If you're bored, get a hobby. Maybe for some of you guys, football is that hobby, though. Sometimes I have to remind myself about that. Sometimes football, for, for me, football is more, it's a hobby, but it's, it's work more than it is anything. It's fun, but it's work. Let's go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Let's talk to Miles Simmons, profootballtalk.com. Miles, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, for me, football also is a little bit more work than it is hobby, but it's still fun, you know? Like, I will watch any football. It's bad, but good, but bad sometimes when my friends are like, hey, can we watch something else? And I'm like, no, these two really random college programs are still <laughs> playing football. Why would we want to not watch this? Have you ever heard of Pac-12 after dark? Like, what are we What are we doing here, people? Yeah. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Pac-12 after dark I after know. this year, though. Oh, I know. I was so excited for uh, years on years of uh, teaching family members and generations all about the traditions of sweating out late nights, Saturday gambling bets, but, uh, uh, you know, alas, no more. Uh, so now I was reading your quote though, is that I have no life other than I love football. And I was there, I was like, Miles, you have to, there's gotta be a hobby that you have. There's gotta be hobbies are good for everyone. You gotta have some hobbies, something you do outside of football, even though you're like myself where football consumes so much of our life. Sean McVay said that once in a press conference, and I was like, golly, that is the most, like, thing that – I don't know if there's ever a quote that is better to describe my life. Uh, <laughs> I uh, play musical instruments a little bit for myself. So, like, I've, I've played piano since I was four. Yeah, so – and then I learned to play the bass during the pandemic a little bit. I can't really do that. So I, you know, I can do a couple of notes. You know, because it's one note at a time if you're playing the bass. So you can carry a tune, but that, yeah. I guess that would be my hobby. Let me set the scene. You're at a big, lavish Hollywood party because you do big, lavish Hollywood Los Angeles things. And there's of a course, piano. Yeah. yeah, there's a piano in the corner. Are you walking over and playing it? Or are you just letting that whole thing bypass? No, I would let the whole thing bypass. Because if I'm at a big, swanky Hollywood party, then it presumably is open bar. So, like, that would be my other hobby. Some hobbies trump other hobbies. I get it. I get it. Yeah, bourbon's great. Whiskey's great. I mean, come on. Have you ever tried a Japanese whiskey before, man? Like, those things are good. So, yeah, I don't know. I actually, I get shamed for my, I, so I'm a, I, obviously, whiskey is, the scotch is whiskey. Uh, but I, my... I have a low, I have a, I love scotch, but I go cheap scotch. So like I, oh. like Joe Namath, Joe Namath always had the line. I like Johnny Walker red. I like my, my women blonde. I like my Johnny Walker red. And like, I, 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 Johnny Walker red is my drink, but I always get shamed for it because it's like, it's just not high tier scotch. Uh, that's okay. You're like Ron Burgundy. You like scotch, scotchy, scotch, scotch. I do. You know, down in your belly. It's just, for some reason, it's better. It's better to me than bourbon, but I've never done Japanese whiskey. Do I need to do Japanese whiskey? Yes, I, I would recommend Hibiki if you are going to get into Japanese whiskey. And if anybody else wants to get into Japanese whiskey, Hibiki is the, the choice. It's not top, top shelf, but it's also not bottom shelf. So you're getting a good, I feel like, 
sample, if that's the one you try, of what Japanese whiskey is. It was the first one I've ever had, and I have been kind of hooked on it since. All but right. Not in an abusive way, just in a drinking <laughs> <laughs> Just in a swanky Hollywood party kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Love it. Uh, Miles, let me ask you, you know, Deshaun Watson's going to play likely a couple series tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you be living in your fears with him even being out there, or do you think it's important that he's out there for a couple series? Shout out Mike Tomlin, living in our fears, huh? Um, yeah, I think it's not a bad thing that, that he's out there for a couple of series. You don't want to see him do too much. I mean, the only things that I think are important for a starting quarterback in a preseason game like this, especially the first one, get in and out of the huddle, don't have any pre-snap penalties, try not to take a sack if you don't have to, and just get the ball out as quickly as you possibly can. So if he does those things, you know, you go down the field, you get a couple first downs, you get a field goal, you feel good about yourself. At that point, maybe you really only need to play one series. You know, if you can go on a seven, eight play drive and get that thing through the uprights or into the box. I mean, I I don't, you don't want to do too much, but you also don't want to get out there and look like he did against Jacksonville in that first preseason game last year. And frankly, I don't think he will because he's been playing football and he's been practicing and he is more in tune with what this Browns team is. I wonder how many, uh, it would be the perfect tandem for this. How many head coach quotes we can get into one interview? Oh, it, it, we could we could do it. I mean, we only we already have two. I mean, uh, we're just going to keep going. No risk it, no biscuit, Bruce Arians. Like uh, that's exactly go. what the Browns need to do is get them out there and and play often. Uh, let me go outside of Deshaun. Let me. I got four different people slash groups, et cetera, that I, I'm interested in for tomorrow. I think Elijah Moore is one of them. I think Cade mm-hmm. York is one of them. Jedrick Wills is getting destroyed by Miles Garrett. I actually think it's a good thing that he's up against Miles Garrett every day, but I'm keeping my eye on him. And then the defense. Out of those four, or maybe another one that you have, uh, being the Browns fan that you are growing up in Northeast Ohio, what are you looking for outside of Deshaun? Uh, I think Katie York is the most important one out of all of those guys that you mentioned, just because it's the preseason game. And I don't know, maybe it's because I covered the Rams under Sean McVay as long as I did, and nobody would play in those preseason games. So, like, to me, preseason's like, okay, if you're going to play, just don't go out there, do a couple things, don't get hurt. You know, they're not scheming for Jed Wills against Washington. You know, like, it's going to be very, very vanilla. You don't want him to get destroyed. You want him to look good in the one-on-one situation. And maybe Chase Young will be out there. Maybe he won't. They, they haven't – they said that some starters will play um, for the commanders, but they haven't quite exactly set all of that out. So you don't want him to get destroyed, right? Yes. And you want – Elijah Moore to make a couple plays, I guess. But also, if he's going to be such a big part of the offense, you don't want to really reveal what it is that you're doing in a preseason game against Washington. I mean, like, let's not do that. And, you know, so to me, it's Cade York. Like, make your kicks, kicker, dude. Like, (laughs) I'm. when you drop the kicker that high, yes, there is some inherent pressure that comes with it, and I understand that, and I try to be empathetic toward it, but at the same time, you have one freaking job as a kicker, and that's to make your freaking kicks. And we know that he can make kicks because when he was out there in Charlotte in week one last year, he sent that thing with a long kick through the uprights, and they won the game, and they beat Baker Mayfield, and thank God they did. So, I mean, we know that he's capable of doing it, but if you can't do it consistently, then you can't be a freaking kicker in the National Football League. So this is a low-pressure, low-stakes situation, and if you can't get the kicking operation right, and we have a real problem, and I don't want that for the Browns. You know, I think that that would be really bad. So I think at this point, Kay York just needs to make his freaking kicks. 
I think uh, Make Your Freaking Kicks is about as close, the radio version, of what Urban Meyer told Josh Lambeau before he then kicked him. Yes, probably, yeah. So I think like we're just touching them all here. Right? We're, just, we're, just, we're, we're really hitting the, the coaching bingo accidentally at times, maybe, purposely on to other times. I don't know, but we're hitting it. Uh, let me ask you about the Ravens because uh, I wonder if enough people are truly paying attention to this Baltimore team. When Lamar Jackson says he wants to be a passing quarterback, they go out there, they draft Zay Flowers, they get OBJ. They're making an actual attempt to do just that. Are you buying in to whether or not it's going to all come together for Baltimore? I'm buying that the passing game will be better. I'm not buying that Lamar Jackson is going to throw for 5,000 yards because I think at Baltimore's core, they are still a running football team. And John Harbaugh has kind of talked about this. Like, yes, they want to get the passing game better. They, they want to kind of modernize that offense, and that's why they brought in Todd Munkin. And, look, I, I think Munkin is going to do a good job with Lamar Jackson. He turned Stetson Bennett into a mid-round draft pick, which is still something that shocks me. So I, I don't think that that offense is going to be bad, but I, I don't know that it's going to be as good as – reports might have us believe at this point. I, I think about last year where everything from Colts camp was, oh my gosh, Matt Ryan has done this. Oh my gosh, Matt Ryan has done that. He's sped up the tempo of practice. I can't believe, you know, you see Matt Ryan and you just say, oh my gosh, it's a breath of fresh air after Carson Wentz is like a real NFL quarterback. And then he goes out and he sucks up the room when he's out there in a real game. So Things are going to probably take time for Baltimore to really start clicking on offense once you know, real defenses are scheming them up and then they start seeing the first punch, then you got to get the counter punch ready and all that. I think by the time we get to December and January, provided Lamar Jackson is still healthy, which is something that he still has to prove that he can do you know, after the last couple of years, um, then they might really be cooking. But to start, I think it might be one of those things where like, oh, we had all this preseason hype, but where is it? it That's to me, would not shock me. Now, let me ask you this way. If somebody were to tell you AFC North, AFC East, you had to take the, the, the um, division with the most wins when it's all said and done. You get a year's salary if you get this thing right. Are you choosing the oh, AFC North with the Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, or the, or the East with the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets? That's a great question. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head because I, I think that there's – reason to believe that all four teams in the AFC North should actually be pretty good. I mean, the Steelers don't have losing records under Mike Tomlin, right? We all thought they mm -hmm. were going to last year and then they didn't. So anybody that's writing the Steelers off, you can do that at your own peril. I, I think the Browns should be pretty good. I mean, Deshaun Watson should be more comfortable, right? He is off the suspension. He has been in the entire offseason program. He's been in that building for over a year now. So I think the Browns should be better. And Jim Schwartz is a serious upgrade, I think, at defensive coordinator. And I think he's going to get even more out of Miles Garrett, if that's even possible. Um, but then Cincinnati is one of my picks to make it to the Super Bowl, probably, provided that Joe Burrow is healthy. And Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, they don't usually have losing seasons either. I have more confidence, I guess, in the AFC North than I do the AFC East. I think there's some weird stuff going on with Buffalo. I still like the vibe coming out of there. You know, Leslie Frazier, whatever happened there with you know, him resigning and then he was trying to get a new job because he was going to take off the 2023 season and get back into things in 2024. But really, then he wants a new job in 2023. I don't understand what that was. 
you know, the whole Sean McDermott, uh, Stefan Giggs thing, whatever happened there as well. I don't know. So that's kind of weird to me. The Jets, I think, will be good. The Dolphins, I think, could win that division if Tugamaloa stays healthy. And the Patriots, you can't count them out either. But I guess that's just uh, – uh, that's a long-winded answer. <laughs> but I guess I would say the AFC North. Uh, Miles, I was on your website, profootballtalk.com, as I always do. I've been banging it here for the latest news and rumors for a very long time. And Mike, I, I, what I love about Mike is he's always so timely with when he drops things. It's like right before oh, yeah. everyone does preseason football, he then is mentioning this whole idea about preseason football just never being around years from now. And yes. I listen, I, I, think it's, I think it's solid. Uh, for those that didn't see it, it just basically every collectively uh, collective bargaining, you add one more regular season game and then get rid of a preseason game until we're at 20 regular season games and zero preseason games. Do you buy, maybe it takes us 25 years to get there, but do you buy that's the road that we're headed down? I think it would take, I think that might take 30 years. I, I don't think that that's, I don't know if Austin because of football <laughs> you might be on radio. Whatever radio happens in, uh, by the time preseason games aren't there anymore. I mean, they have value. And I think, you know, if we talk about ownership and what they want to do with the collective bargaining, and obviously we went to 17 games, and I think 18 games is kind of an inevitability. Um, but I don't feel like just you're just going to get rid of the preseason in like 25. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Florio just says stuff sometimes. <laughs> and like, you know, a lot of the stuff he does is really good work. And like, I'm not just saying that because he's my boss and I'm going to be on PFT live with him uh, tomorrow morning. But like, he, he knows what he's talking about for a lot of things. And then sometimes things come into his brain. And as he says, he's a top five NFL conspiracy theorist. So <laughs> sometimes he just puts that out there. So that that's one of those things where it's like, maybe, but I, I don't know. I think that that's so far away that it's not really worth thinking about to me. <laughs> that's fair. Did you watch the Johnny documentary or no? I have not had a chance to watch it yet. No, I plan on watching it this weekend though. That and this first episode of hard knocks. I've heard good things. And kind of mediocre things about both. Have, have you seen them? Hard Knocks, you can pass. The Johnny documentary, I think you'll enjoy just from a Brown's perspective. It really, you covered more Texas A&M. But I think yeah. the only problem I have with the Untold series is that, and I, I watched a Jake Paul, Logan Paul one the other day, and I didn't really like them going into it. But then leaving it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of like them now. It's like, you know, it's, it's such a... Really? Yeah, you kind of get there. You're like, oh, they had this horrible upbringing with their abusive dad, but then they they basically they decided that they wanted to be more famous than anyone on planet Earth, and they just had to find a route to get there, and then they did it, which is incredibly impressive to me. And it's mm -hmm. yeah, there's like there's little there's little things like that that they do in these documentaries that I, I'm worried if I should just stay away from documentaries in general because I'll watch this. You watch the Johnny one, and you're left almost like oh. Oh yeah, like uh, it's uh, it was obvious the whole entire time. It's not really his fault. I mean, it's his fault for not studying, but like that's on the Browns for choosing him. If they had, they had to have known it was going to go down this way. Well, of course. I mean, and that's why Kyle Shanahan had the famous PowerPoint, right? Where then yeah. you know it's like I don't want to start this guy, and then he ends up leaving and going to the Atlanta Falcons, and his career takes off from there. And yeah, I, I, so those things, yeah, it's like. Of course, Johnny Manziel was set up to fail. And I think if anybody who really understood what was going on in that period of time probably figured that that was the case. I just remember Brian Hoyer killing it and being like, man, this is awesome. This is a <laughs> Cleveland guy, you know, that's done well. And, yeah. you know, it's great that he was killing it the way he was with Kyle Shanahan. And that is also why Kyle Shanahan is probably my favorite play caller 
an offensive schemer in the NFL because if you can make Brian Hoyer look like that, my gosh, what else can you do? You so that, that's his that's his golden ticket in the NFL. He makes everyone look great. Uh, the the let, me, let me tell you the one spin I have on the on the documentary. So like Johnny obviously had so much talent, right? And he was at Alabama or against Alabama, he threw for 500 yards, which doesn't happen. You don't do that against Nick Saban. He was so good right. in college, right? So much talent yeah. and. It kind of made me appreciate Kyler Murray's career so far because Kyler, in a way, Kyler's never had a work ethic, and he's still been able to at least be decent in the NFL. Johnny, with all the talent in the world, never had a work ethic, and it flamed out. That's what's supposed to happen to you. Yeah, I guess, you know, you make a decent point there. Whenever you have to have a clause in your quarter, in your contract, I should say, that says you need to study X amount just for, you know, this to continue to get you your money. Yeah, that's uh, concerning. And it was so interesting last year. I, I kind of blame the agent for letting that into the contract in the first place, because how would you not know that that's going to get out and then what <laughs> that is going to create as a bleep storm, right? So right. it's the team's problem and it's the agent's problem. And so I don't really get how all of that kind of what worked out. But I will say that Kyler Murray had one of the worst playoff performances I've ever seen when he played the Los Angeles Rams in yeah. the wild card round. I'm on a Monday night football game. I was in the stadium for that one. And they were just absolutely overmatched. And to me, that's absolutely inexcusable when you're seeing a team for the third time. It's a divisional opponent. you got to do something. You have to be at least a little competitive. So that's when I was out on Kyler Murray when he was just at Lulu'd all over himself against the Los Angeles Rams in the playoffs. No doubt. Miles, I appreciate you as always. You're so generous with the time. Fantastic insight. And uh, we'll catch up with you later as the season gets underway. It's going to be a crazy season for the Browns, as you know. Thank you, Miles. Absolutely. My pleasure. Take care. All right, great stuff right there with Miles on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Check him out at profootballtalk.com. As always, we come on back. We're going to move off the beaten path to 10 o'clock. I, I want to talk about what he had to say about the Ravens. You know, it, it, within each passing day, more and more people just sleeping on Baltimore. And I don't know if we're just not paying enough attention to what the Ravens are currently trying to do.